0: Welcome to another edition of the CTS net podcast. My name is Joel Dunning. And today we have an extremely special edition for you. We have all the usual things. We've got some of our fabulous content including three great videos. We've got an interview with Eric Vint about lung transplantation in Colombia. We've got a really good, nice, fast video about a left atrial mixed scoma, minimally invasive resection with 3D vision. And we've got a fabulous uh, session from the SCTS all about coronary revascularization. But the biggest thing in this video we have it's all about the massive new guidelines that have just come out jointly with the AHA and many others all about revascularization. So stick around let's get into this edition of the CTS NetBeat podcast. News this week is uh, the publication of actually not one but two enormous guidelines and these are must-reads. You cannot do cardiac practice without knowing these new guidelines. So the first one is called the Guideline for the Management of Patients with Chronic Coronary Disease. A report of the AHA, the American College of Cardiology, Joint Committees on Clinical Practice Guidelines. Who was involved in this? The AHA, the ACC, the ACCP, the ASPC, the NLA, the PCNA everybody and this is the first update for a decade as well these 2023 guidelines were last written in uh, over a decade ago so I believe 2011 so they really are big and they are going to be the guidelines that you will be uh, re- referencing from evermore in your heart team approaches so uh, we're going to get a big deep dive into these now interestingly there's also been another guideline out as well um, the AHA ACC clinical performance and quality measures for for coronary artery revask uh, all at the same time uh, on the AHA journals. So check out the links that we're providing below. But we are going to have a very special discussion here on the CTSnet podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Faisal Bakkeen. Um, I've just had a really good chat to him about these guidelines. Uh, Faisal uh, probably is known to most of you. Uh, he's an amazing cardiac surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic um, and he's also been the chairman of the SDA's Guidelines Committee. He was actually one of the committee members uh, on the Coronary Artery Revas Quality Measures Guideline Group. And we talked to him all about these new guidelines. So thank you to Faisal. Let's listen to our conversation we've just had uh, with him about these new guidelines. Hello, Faisal Bikin. It's so good to see you again. Uh, We've worked together and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, You're massively known in the SDS and the AATS, but for those of you who don't know Faisal, he's a professor of surgery at the Cleveland Clinic. He's got a special interest in revascularization. He's been chairman of the STS Guidelines Committee. He's been uh, involved in the AATS Clinical Practice and Standards Committee. He is Mr. Guidelines and Mr. Revascularization. So it's a real pleasure to have you here. And the real reason we've got you here is because of the brand new publication, the 2023 AHA ACC Guidelines for the Management of Patients with Coronary. Uh, chronic coronary disease and, uh, and and these are big these are massive these are the recommendations that we need to follow in our heart team approach guiding revascularization so i maybe would love to just hear from you first of all what their sort of highlight recommendations are in this new guideline particularly with regard to revascularization and then we'll talk about how they came to make these decisions
1: joe first of all thank you very much uh, does my head still fit into the screen after all the good things that you said about me? <laughs> that was very kind. Uh, we, we we follow your lead about critical thinking and innovation, and uh, we're really proud of our relationship with you. I mean, over the years we worked together, and I really appreciate that cordiality, friendship, and uh, your expertise and collaborative approach and scientific acumen is 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 also very renowned. So um, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you today and to be with our audience. I know you've got a really fantastic and diverse audience. So I'm going to try and be basic, but also take it a little deeper into the details. So these are my own opinions, by the way. Everything that I say today reflects my own personal opinion. So please bear that in mind. With regards to the 2023 um, chronic disease uh, patient management guidelines, the surgical community was disappointed. the document itself had some really excellent content um, virtually in everything related to stable coronary disease except the section on revascularization, so we have to be clear uh, about that. And, and why do we have a problem with the revascularization section? Well, because it was a replica of the 2021 ACCHA Sky um, guidelines on revascularization. And in it, cabbage was downgraded without meaningful evidence, without relevant evidence. And what they did was downgrade cabbage in patients with normal left ventricular function and in patients with mild to moderate LV dysfunction relative to medical therapy with survival as an endpoint. So cabbage remained the class one in patients with multivessel disease. And severe LV dysfunction, but in those with normal function, it dropped uh, to class 2B, and those with mild to moderate dysfunction, it dropped to class 2A. So that is the downgrade. That I mean, there are other issues as well, but that is the, the downgrade that really was was um, unexpected and unjustified. They also equated cabbage with PCI when it came to MACE and we know that those two modalities are totally different. They're actually complementary rather than competing, but uh, we we can address that later on if we have time, but we should focus perhaps on the downgrade for survival relative, relative to medical therapy.
0: Yeah, and and maybe say a few words about that evidence. I mean, we've got the Syntax trial, we've got 10-year follow-up of Syntax, we've got uh, uh, Stuart Head did an amazing meta-analysis of several studies showing the superiority of CABG uh, over PCI in these patients. I mean, are are you convinced like I am that this is grade one evidence of CABG superiority over PCI? Well... You know, that
1: issue, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. Relative to PCI, the 2021 guidelines have given the upper hand for CABID in patients with three vessel disease that is complex, especially with a higher syntax score. So that's not an issue of controversy. They acknowledge that, and that is consistent in the 2023 recommendations. So our argument was, if you're saying that cabbage is superior to PCI and survival, regardless of the EF in patients with three vessel disease, how could it be of questionable benefit compared to medical therapy? So that's one of the, um, if you'd like, uh, schizophrenic abs- aspect of the guidelines. I mean, unless you're insinuating that PCI is harmful and there's no study that was ever published to confirm that PCI is harmful compared to medical therapy. So, with regards to the evidence specifically between cabbage and medical therapy, the evidence that we have for in randomized patients between medical therapy and cabbage is the Salim use of meta-analysis that clearly demonstrated survival advantage uh, for cabbage, regardless of the EF, and the European study, which again demonstrated the same, even in patients with two vessel disease and proximal LAD. But the guideline committee said, oh, these are old studies. Medical therapy got better. And we said, yeah, yeah, we agree. We, that's why all our patients, we'd like them to be on optimal medical therapy. Uh, and and if, if you look at cabbage, cabbage has improved as well. And we bring to their attention that in the Salim use of meta analysis in the 90s, the 30 day mortality of cabbage was 3%. In the FAME 3 study that just that got published recently, um, the 30-day mortality of cabbage was three in a thousand. So cabbage perioperative mortality decreased by a factor of 10. So did medical therapy improve by a factor of 10? <laughs> I, I doubt it. So, so so the idea of those studies are old and that medical therapy is better, uh, need, they need to actually acknowledge that cabbage got better as well. So then they say, well, we're going to present you with new evidence. Well, that's where the problem is. The new evidence really is not relevant to cabbage versus medical therapy. Why? Because the ischemia study, which is the main study, the cornerstone of their um, downgrade, did not randomize a single patient to cabbage or PCI for that matter. It was a strategy whereby you use a conservative approach where you just treat them medically. Or you do a diagnostic cath, and then based on the diagnostic cath, you could decide if you want to vascularize or not. So, not a single patient was randomized to cabbage. Secondly, um, only uh, less than twenty-five percent of patients had cabbage. Three quarters of the interventions were actually PCI. And finally, how many people you think had severe proximal LA disease? Very little, 36% actually had greater than 50% proximal LAD disease. I can't remember the last time that I did a cabbage on a patient without a significant proximal LAD lesion. So clearly, ischemia nor the meta analysis that they cite are based on randomized evidence in which cabbage is adequately represented and in which the complexity. and and the atherosclerotic burden of those patients are taken into consideration because if you look at the STS database, you find that many more of them are diabetic compared to the ischemia population, and you find that two to four times um, the STS patients are more likely to have severe peripheral vascular disease, cerebral vascular disease, or heart failure compared to the ischemia patients. You just heard a portion of Joel's interview with Faisal Bakin. The full interview and transcript will be available on CTSNet early next week.
0: Thank you once again, Faisal, for a really fascinating insight on these must-read guidelines uh, from the AHA. So what else is there on CTSnet this week, if that wasn't enough for you? Well, we've chosen three really great uh, videos for you. The first one's just a really nice quick 13-minute video that our own fabulous Emmy Farkas did at the uh, AATS with a guy called Eric Vink. He's a fabulous uh, trainee cardiac surgeon, but he's in Colombia. He's had a really interesting Uh, Training because it's all been in Colombia. He's actually the first trainee that's fully trained in Colombia for lung transplantation. And he gives some really interesting insights as to where they are with lung transplantation. It's small volume, it's a low number of centers, but actually does point out that Colombia and Brazil are the only centers in South America performing lung transplant. Really difficult, uh, but really great interview. Well done, Emily Farkhurst. Brilliant interview, really smooth, nice and quick, just 30 minutes. So check it out uh, on our front page today. The second video we've got for you is a real quick one. Um, it's a really nice video by German Fortuanto and Vadim Kotowitz uh, from Buenos Aires. Uh, and in Buenos Aires, they perform minimally invasive uh, mitral surgery uh, and they came along with a maxoma, uh, So they do a, a right anterior thoracotomy, uh, they use peripheral cannulation. But the thing that they're demonstrating in this super quick five minute video is that they use 3D uh, endoscopic cameras uh, to get that 3D vision into the left atrium, making the resection of this huge left atrial myxoma much easier and more simple for them. So really nice job. Uh, It goes through it in really good detail. It's really very quick so just have a quick nose at that if you've just got five minutes uh, and let me know what you think. What do you think about 3D vision uh, in minimally invasive surgery? Is it good? Is it not? Obviously robotics always gives you 3D vision without you actually having to leave the table. So uh, some people call this a really a good hybrid uh between what uh, standard minimum invasive surgery gives you and robotics so so maybe 3d vision is is a real key for you i also find that actually 3d is vital for suturing which is obviously mandatory in mitral surgery and port access so so maybe port access mitral surgery with a 3d camera is the answer for minimally invasive surgery rather than a robot what do you think um, give us some comments uh, in the notes below the third uh, video we've got for you is absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you are interested in coronary revascularization, and today is a bit of a coronary revasc mega fest, isn't it? Um, then we've got the Society of Surgery UK uh, Conference full session uh, on coronary. It was their expert university session, so this is one hour and 33 minutes of the best people in coronary revasc giving you everything you want to know about. About coronary revascularization. So, the first talk was on technical tips uh, on arterial harvesting on Lima and Reva skeletonization uh, by uh, Dr. Bala from uh, Stoke. Great job, really nice. Got some good videos there. The second one was from Zip it Vipin Zamvar. He gave the 10 top tips for off pump surgery uh, and really nice videos, uh, really good top tips, all about getting amazing mobilization, really open the pericardium. Where do Put that stitch at the back uh, and a really nice one there. Then uh, the SCTS attracts really international top stellar people. And Piroz Daravawala from Toronto uh, came over and gave a great uh, presentation on minimally invasive coronary artery surgery, which is his routine in Toronto. I thought that was a fantastic session. Uh, And then there's a really good session by Mars Behan on fractional flow reserve using this in coronary surgery um arterial revascularization by Sarzad Raja and uh, the amazing John Puscas uh, gave a great talk on transit time flow measurement uh, how to measure the flow after your grafts and should everyone be doing it and finally the one and only Gianni Angelini uh, from Bristol uh, gave us a good talk all about vein grafts in contemporary practice so I thought that was an absolutely brilliant session total banger um, if you do a lot of our bread and butter which is currently revask you really have to watch that uh, which was brilliant so, upcoming events. Uh, we've got quite a few for you. It's uh, it's the summer holidays, but very soon we'll be into conference season in September and October. Uh, so right at the start of September, there's going to be a really interesting uh, mitral valve repair dry lab training uh, in Maastricht in the Netherlands. Uh, so everything you want to know about port access mitral, uh, there's going to be simulated physical models set up. You can try everything you like. So click on the show notes below if you're interested and uh, available at the start of September we better mention some thoracic surgery and there's a segmentectomy webinar coming up uh, in EX Thursday the September the 7th it's online it's virtual and it's free so if you want to go to the EX website uh, log on there and then you will get uh, an hour of everything that's fantastic about segmentectomy nice and free Uh, so do check that out and um, our third thing we're going to profile today uh, is current paradigms in interventional pulmonology EBUS, advanced bronchitis in the area of robotics and uh, ion intuitive bronchoscope monarch uh, everything that's new this is in the zuckerman research center in new york friday this september the 8th and it's hybrid it can be online virtual or in person so if you like the sound of that it is going to be the future of uh, a lot of lung cancer treatments so check that out And finally, uh, we always find out where Diego González Rivas is, the world's roving thoracic surgery. And this week he flew over to the Azores. Uh, He performed four operations at the San Miguel Hospital uh, doing uniportal vats and then he went surfing. Uh, I'm sure he deserves a bit of a break after his huge world tour. So well done to him. And we always give an honourable mention to somebody that uh, we think is just worth it. And, uh, and this week has been such a coronary revasc session on the podcast that we have to really acknowledge John D. Puscus. Um, he really is the current godfather of everything revascularization. He's at the Mount Sinai Hospital, but he's had 25 years of coronary revascularization. He's done 5,000 off-pump operations. He's done 500 robotic revascularizations. Uh, he's led many of the biggest trials in revascularization. He's currently uh, doing a brilliant NIHR revas trial in hybrid uh, coronary artery surgery and stenting. Uh, and he's a founding member of ISMIX. And I probably haven't mentioned a quarter of the things. Uh, he's also a wonderful guy. I had a great opportunity to interview him as a giant of kinofasic surgery many years ago. He's very generous with his time. Wonderful guy John d Puscus you are our honorable mention this week uh, and a fantastic guy. So that's it for this week. Um, tune in next week we'll give you more of everything that's big and fantastic in chiropractic surgery. So for myself Joel Dunning and everyone at the team at CTSnet, thanks for watching all the way to the end and see you next week.